SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 10 a.m. Eastern time. Toll-free telephone number, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. You can email me, <clears throat> go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, and uh, fire away. We'll get into the NCAA stuff for yesterday and then later on today. And then we got uh, some NBA news. We got some hockey stuff. Is the Buffalo Sabres do it again? I want to spend a couple minutes and looking at some of the all-time longest losing streaks uh, in, in sports history. Uh, we'll do that, uh, break down the NBA, and a little bit of this and some NFL stuff as well as I'll get to the Miami Dolphin uh, debacle. And I, I don't know what the Dolphins are doing. I don't think they really know what they're doing. I, I, really, I, I think they're just making moves for the sake of making moves. So we'll get to it all, hour number two here of our uh, two-hour extravaganza. NCAA will start there. Houston beat Syracuse last night in the late game. Uh, 62-46, they left from start to finish. Syracuse really never made a run. Shot uh, less than 30% from the field. Buddy Buckets Bayheim shot only, had only 12 points. Uh, he, he was one of nine for three-point land. Houston did a great job. They actually covered him, God forbid. So the number 11 seed is out. Uh, number one, Baylor, uh, then uh, knocked off Villanova, 62-51. They were trailing at the half. Was Baylor by seven? They were trailing by six with about 14 minutes left, but uh, Baylor uh, held the Villanova to 12 points over the final 14 minutes of the game. They had 39 points uh, right around the 14-minute mark, ended up with 50, uh, 51, and uh, Baylor outscores them 29-12 the rest of the way. So not only does Baylor win, but they get the cover, laying seven and a half as well. Arkansas, the best game on the board, beat Oral Roberts 72-70. 11th win for the Razorbacks this year after trailing by at least nine points. They, they were down 12. I don't know what it is about this team uh, that is uh, seemingly comfortable you know, trailing by double digits or at least nine anyway and then being able to come up victorious. But uh, I'm assuming it's, that's when they really just turned up the screws on the opposing team, and that's what they did against Oral Roberts. Uh, they did a pretty good job of controlling them and, and really maybe more so Arkansas's offense was helped by their defense. It wasn't necessarily their defense. I mean, Oral Roberts was throwing up some threes there, but it was Arkansas's offense. And I must say, Paul Mills, good young coach, Oral Roberts, and I give him a lot of credit for designing a play with the 2.3 seconds left that not only did he get the ball to his best player, he got his best player a halfway decent look. So you got to give him credit because there's a lot of coaches who are bozos that, that couldn't come up with anything close to what they came up with. However, I will tell you that Arkansas has a 6-6 guard who was towering over his defender. And he would he, you know, to Arkansas's credit, they just said, all right, let's keep giving it to him. And he would, you know, post up his man and he'd, you know, have a short little, you know, four-foot jumper and nothing but net time after time. He scored like 10 straight points. I mean, just over and over again. Uh Jalen Tate. And it was just like you know, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to switch here, Coach, because this guy, the guy you got guarding him, is it's a foot smaller than him. I mean, you know, uh, it's it's not going to you know work. 
because uh, the guy's hitting his shots here. So they eventually did, literally 6'6", six, six their guard. <coughs> they eventually, like the last two possessions, they switched. You know, looking back as a professional head coach that I am, a fifth, sixth grade girls basketball here, uh, the PAL League, uh, Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, he probably regrets that. He, he probably will tell you that he waited a little bit too long to switch. He, he should have switched off because uh, the Tate kid was just hitting every single shot. And he carried them second half. I mean, he, the last 10 minutes when they were making their run, even when Oral Roberts was scoring, they, they were just getting the ball to Tate. And they had this little five-foot-nothing kid trying to guard him who was a foot smaller than him, like I said. And that just wasn't happening. So then they finally got off that. Uh, but by then the damage was was done. So uh, nice job by Arkansas. They win it seventy two to seventy. So they advance on to the Elite Eight first time since um, the the old days. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Arkansas and and Baylor. That that will not be an easy one for sure. Uh, NBA. You got eight favorites winning Saturday night. The only one that didn't win was the team that was playing Houston. Go figure, right? I mean, it's amazing how things work out sometimes. You get the worst team in the NBA, not even close right now in the Houston Rockets. They had lost, what, 20 of their last 21. Uh, they're playing a Minnesota team. That's not great. I'll grant you that. But you would think, you know, that if I told you only one underdog would win, I, I don't think many people would say it would be the Houston Rockets, who were 1-22 in their last 23 games. But that just goes to show how things can be. It's just remarkable. But we're poking fun of the NBA because it really, it's just, you look down all the games, you know, the, the Mavericks rest Christoph Porzingis, the Bucks rest the Greek Freak, the Knicks rest Julius Randle. Um, you know, it's just one resting guy. The OKC tells Al Horford he's no longer wanted. Guy's got two years left on his contract. The guy's a pretty good player. Is he a superstar? No, but he's a pretty darn good player. And in your Oklahoma City, and you're seemingly, I would think, right, trying to make the playoffs. And they tell uh, Horford, you know what? You're done. You're done. Uh, we're, we're sitting you. Uh, and now he agreed, but, you know, you have two years left on his contract. You're five games out now uh, after last night's loss of the last playoff spot, and you're waving the white flag on the season because, what, you want to improve your draft status? That's pathetic. Uh, that That's just pathetic. And then LaMarcus Aldridge is seemingly all set to sign with the Brooklyn Nets as the rich get richer. It's, it's a three-team sport, uh, maybe four-team. You want to throw Philadelphia in there. Brooklyn, Philadelphia, the Lakers, and Clippers. That's it. No one else has a shot. More coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You know, this is the NBA. Every team is good, so, you know, they're gonna, it's a game of runs, but late in the game, uh, our defense led to our offense. Uh, the energy we gave on defense translated to offense, and we executed all right, that's the one thing we always focus on. We executed and we got the win. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. At Zion Williamson of the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, who beat the Dallas Mavericks last night, uh, 112 to 103. I will tell you, uh, you know, Zion played well, and he's, he's turning into a beast. He really is. 38 points, 13 of 20 shooting from the field. 
12 of 18 from the free throw line, not great. 35 minutes of play, and it was a nice win for for New Orleans. But uh, Dallas didn't have Luka, and they didn't have Porzingis. So they are the one team that, without their star players, they stink. There, there, there is no two ways about it. We, we've seen the Nets win without uh, Kyrie. We've seen a win without uh, Kevin Durant. We've seen the Lakers win when uh, LeBron is playing without AD. We've seen the Jailblazers win without Lillard. Uh, we, we've seen teams around the NBA you know, win games without their star players. The Mavericks are not one of them. They are, and the games don't go over. They are the really the... Uh, opposite of what I tell you all the time, whenever a star player is out, I always say, take that team and then more importantly, go with the over. But, you know, when it, it's happening over and over and over again, uh, the, the impact of that bench guy playing is, is not quite as much as it used to be. Uh, and and the, the, this team in particular, Dallas, the, I don't know what their record is. Uh, I, I could probably figure it out here, but the games that Luca doesn't play, <clears throat> and then you throw in Porzingis, forget about it. Uh, they don't have a shot in the world. They they lost by nine and they didn't cover the spread. So uh, he can say Zion can say all he wants about how teams are really good, but not when you don't play your best players. And again, uh, where's Adam Silver? Does he care that they're resting Porzingis on a night that uh, you know Luca doesn't play? Doesn't care. You know, uh, does he care that uh, OKC is telling uh, one of the best players, you know what? I know you're completely healthy, but you're not playing the rest of the season because we want to trade you in the off season. Doesn't care. Not a peep out of him. Does he care that uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is on a team that is not only in a playoff spot, but in the number seven hole and can move up a couple of more slots? yet can't find any minutes on that team, but somehow or another is going to go to the Brooklyn Nets and he's going to be able to find minutes with a team that's filled with nothing but all-stars and Hall of Famers. He can find minutes with the Nets, but not with the Spurs. Okay, where, where, where's uh, Adam Silver? Nowhere to be found. Uh, how, how about the, uh, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers? If I would have told you four years ago that Dan Gilbert would be allowing a player to walk to LeBron's team for nothing, there had been like no way in the world. This is the same guy that vowed, you know, that the Cavaliers would win a championship before LeBron and all that other stuff, right? Now, I know he's had some serious health issues and his son is now running the team, but uh, how is it possible that the Cleveland Cavaliers in particular are letting Andre Drummond walk and knowing full well that there's a pretty good chance he's going to sign with LeBron and the Lakers? You think Dan Gilbert, if he was, you know, up and running and, and doing his thing, uh, but he, he's dealing with a stroke. You, you think he would really allow that to occur? I mean, I wouldn't think so. I I, I wouldn't think Dan Gilbert would, would do anything, anything to help LeBron, even if it meant, you know, how much is he saving? You know, he's in the last year of his contract, Andre Drummond, and, you know, they're going to have a buyout. How, how much, you know, what are they realistically saving, you know? Uh, is it as much as it would allow you to allow LeBron and the Lakers to win another championship maybe? You know, if I'm saving a million bucks, $2 million, I, I just assume, you know, if I'm a multi-gazillionaire, as Gilbert is, I just assume, you know what, sit there at the end of the bench. Uh, maybe we won't play you because we don't want to win, but you know what, sit at the end of the bench because the last thing I'm going to be doing is handing over to LeBron on a silver platter for, for nothing. You want to trade for him, okay, but to do nothing but help LeBron. I mean, my goodness. It's just uh, the NBA is just a joke. It's just, it's really, it's sad. It's pathetic. You got four teams 
And that, that's it. Uh, you know, you got the Clippers and you got the Lakers. We're all waiting for that. Forget about the, the Nuggets. Forget about the, the Jazz. Forget about the Phoenix Suns. And if you get those two teams healthy, you're not beating them. And same thing in the Eastern Conference and even more so in the Eastern Conference. Forget about Boston. Forget about Toronto. Forget about whatever. It's it's Brooklyn and the 76ers, and I don't think anyone's beating Brooklyn. I, I think the, the fact that, uh, you know, let me see what FanDuel has now. Let's see if they adjusted the odds any uh, with the news that more than likely Aldridge is signing with the Nets. Uh, the fact that you can still get them as of the other day, plus odds to win the Eastern Conference. I think it's crazy. I, I think that's a gift. Let's see. Team Futures, uh, to win the championship, they're down to plus 260. They were 280, and now they're at even money to win the Eastern Conference. They were plus 140. So they have come down a little bit with the, the announcement that uh, Aldridge is uh, more than likely signing with the Nets. So I, I still think you're getting decent value. Um, Bucks aren't beating them. You know, in the East anyway. And then even for the NBA championship, I got to tell you, um, I find it hard to believe that a Nets team that has a healthy Kyrie, a healthy KD, a healthy James Harden, a healthy Blake Griffin, now a healthy, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge. You're telling me that team's going to be an underdog to the Lakers or the Clippers? I don't think so. LeBron's good, but he's not that good. AD is good, but they're not that good. Uh, that that Nets team is by far, on paper, by far the best team in the NBA. It, it's not even close. The fact that the Nets can win their games without Kyrie and KD and the Lakers can't without LeBron and AD shows you how much better the Nets are. I, I, I Even at plus 260, which is not great, I get that. And you probably have... You know, any kind of luck, you really only have two series to go through. Um, you know, if you can get the Bucks and 76ers to finish two and three, they would face each other uh, in the semifinals of the Eastern Conference, and then the Nets would only have to face one of those two teams. I don't think they're worried about facing the Celtics. I don't think they're worried about facing the Heat uh, or, or Lord knows not Atlanta or Indiana. So, you know, chances are you got two series. You got, you know, the Bucks and the 76ers survivor, and then you got the finals. And if you get to the finals, the Nets are not going to be an underdog to those Lakers or Clippers. They're not. They're going to be a favorite. And the way they run rough shot over the Eastern Conference, like I think they will do, and the way I think the Lakers and Clippers could both could lose a couple of games – yeah, the the Nets will be favorite. The Nets will be minus two sixty, or maybe two to one. I don't know if they'd be two sixty. I don't think be that high, but I, the Met, the Nets will be favorites over both the Laker, a healthy Laker team, and a healthy Clipper team. And Andre Drummond, uh, you know, he, he could put. I I just as soon have Lamarcus Aldridge to tell you the truth over Drummond. At, at least Aldridge has played in some big time games. Hasn't won any, but he's played in some. You, you can't even say Drummond has played in any. Who knows how he really is going to react with, with LeBron and company. So I, I think you, you're still getting really, really good value on the Nets. Now, it's hard. All these injuries. I'm not a big proponent on, on uh, these futures when you're not getting monster, monster odds, and you're not. But if you have the wherewithal to just put this in your back pocket and kind of forget about it for a few months, and then, oh, by the way, oh, here we are in June, and I got the Nets uh, holding on to the plus 260 to win an all-ticket, and I'm in the finals, you know, that that's when you can kind of realize how nice it can be. 
but you're you're dealing with the injury, you're dealing with the COVID, and certainly, and you're dealing with personal issues with Kyrie. Who knows if he's really going to be there come playoff time? Can you really count on him? I don't know. Uh, I mean, no, you can't actually. I, I will answer that. You hope he's going to be there, but can you really count on him showing up? Not without knowing what's going on with him and, and his family and his personal issues. Uh, no, you cannot. Uh, and you don't know about the KD. You, you think eventually he's going to return, but that's part of uh, the gambling in 2021, which is why, again, it's, it's really probably not worth uh, some of these future plays, believe it or not. All right, NHL will take a look as the Buffalo Sabres do it again yesterday. And we'll take a look at some of the all-time longest losing streak in sports. That's next. Opposite Pick Sports Good Radio, Series 6 7 SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Final 15 seconds. Buffalo pulls the goalie again. Olofsson's shot saved by Vladar. And the Buffalo Sabres stand with the Washington Caps of 1975 and the San Jose Sharks of 1993. 17 consecutive losses, the second longest in NHL history. I'm a loser, baby. I don't know if they deserve to be killed, but uh, although the nickname are the Sabres. Uh, Bruins uh, radio, uh, actually TV network, uh, believe it or not, there uh, with the call as Boston beats Buffalo yesterday 3 2 uh, as uh, they hand the, the Sabres, as you heard, their 17th straight loss. And it really was a game that they led 1 0 and then 2 1. Uh, Boston tied it uh, and then took the lead with uh, just uh, under four minutes left and actually had a great, you didn't hear it there um, uh, with the play-by-play, but they had a great two good opportunities to score another goal and win this one by two. Um, and, and if you laid the goal and a half, that you know that, that's why I bring it up because they were three-to-one favorites. I told you my my. Latest thing is winning in regulation. I do prefer that uh, more so than laying a goal and a half. Uh, but you lay the goal and a half, and it dropped it down to minus 135, which was a big drop from the minus three to one, which they were for the game itself. Uh, you, you win in regulation, it only drops at about 100 points. Generally, if you win in regulation, then it drops it from uh, it drops it 100 points, from three to two or two to, to, to one, even money. Uh, if to if you want to lay a goal and a half on these games, you'll drop it about 200 points, which is, is pretty good, you know, because as I've told you, uh, all but two of these 17 games that they've lost in a row have come by two goals or more. Unfortunately, yesterday was one of them. Uh, they lose three to two, but Boston, they, they you know, they're trailing the whole way. They're playing like crap. You know, you could tell that you can just see that they know they could turn it on whenever they want to. Uh, that that Buffalo team watching that game, a good portion of the game yesterday, they are not good. I mean, obviously there's 17 losses in a row, but you know they had nobody on offense. Eichels doesn't want to play anymore. The goaltender, you know, has hasn't played in five years in the NHL, literally, right? 
they, they are like as bad as bad can be. So, but they're leading one nothing, and Boston ties it. And then Buffalo grabs a two one lead after uh, two, which is I think only the second time uh, in this stretch that they've led a game after two periods. And only the seventh time this season, believe it or not, it's the first time they've actually lost a game uh, when uh, leading by uh, leading after two periods. And the Boston ties it in the, in the third, and then they, like I said, they they take the lead with just under four minutes left at three to two. So you think you got a shot? At worst, you get the empty netter. And Boston actually had a two on one fast break that they couldn't convert with about a minute and a half or so, two minutes left, and then the final seconds there, um, I don't know who it was, and then the play-by-play didn't show, but Guy had a wide-open net. Why? With about six seconds left, there was defender back, uh, one the guy back. There was a two-on-one, and the goalie's out. You know, Buffalo pulled the goalie. And the defender was kind of out of position, and all the guy had to do was just put it on net. And he was about 20, 25 feet tops from uh, the the goal. I mean, NHL player can put that on net blindfolded. I mean, just blindfolded 100 times out of 100. And what happened? This guy shot it wide by about five feet. It wasn't even freaking close. I'm like, are you kidding me? That would have been a nice one. You know, we had no business winning that one because Boston was playing like crap the whole way, but they had a two-on-one break, and then they get an empty net opportunity from 20, 25 feet out, and the guy shoots it wide, way wide. It's just like, you you want to tell me again that some of these things are not? Just makes you think, right? It just, this guy's 20 feet away. Uh, he's on a two-on-one break. He's got an empty net in front of him. You know, why wouldn't he want to score? I don't know, you know. But anyway, Boston does win in regulation three to two. So ties for the second longest losing streak in NHL history. 17 games. It ties uh, the 93 San Jose Sharks that lost 17 in a row. They've been outscored 70 to 32, which actually is not that, that bad, but still 70 to 32. The all-time record is 18 by Pittsburgh in 2004 when they were uh, trying to lose for Sidney Crosby. So one more will tie the all-time record for losses in NHL history. Wow. That's how bad they are. Got me thinking, which is tough to do right now. Um, All-time losing streaks. You know, where where does this uh, reside when you compare it to some of the others? Uh, we'll start in the NHL. Okay, so Pittsburgh back in 2018 lost 18 in a row. One of those was in overtime, but th- they still lost it. So, uh, you know, if, if you look it up, some will say 17, but 18 is, is the real record. Uh, NBA, 28. If you go by two seasons, which eh, I, I really don't, but, you know, it is what it is. The 76ers. Back in the 2014-15 season, and then for the start of the 2015-16 season, lost 28 in a row. Most losses in one season is 26 by uh, the Philadelphia 76ers and the uh, post-LeBron James Cleveland Cadavers in 2010 and 11. Both had lost. Uh, you know, it's amazing about the 76er one is. That they lost that 26 game streak is not part of, or the 28 game streak is not part of uh, that losing streak. So think about that. They had in in 2013 and 14 they lost 26 in a row. 
the final year, they close out the season with about 15 or so losses. And in the following year, they start the season with about 15 or so losses. <clears throat> so they had three just back to back to back. You know, this was, uh, remember the, the process, you know, how that all worked with those great draft choices, Nerlens Noel and all the other stiffs that they drafted with the, with the worst picks. Um, you know, only until they got Embiid and Simmons that did the, the, the process really work. But uh, so 28 over two seasons, 26 in one season for Philadelphia and uh, in Cleveland. Baseball, modern day, 23, the Philadelphia Phillies back in 1961. The Orioles, I thought the Orioles had 26, but it was only 21 in that 80, I want to say 88 season. At the start of the year with, with uh, 21, which is uh, really still one of the all-time great gambling stories. Uh, the New York Daily News had a guy, uh, Benjamin Lee Eckstein. Remember him? <coughs> Doesn't do it anymore. I don't know if he's alive anymore, to tell you the truth. Um, but he would do his his daily column. And this is, you know, when gambling was non you know, non-grata there, you know, but they still had the daily line and, and the, all the pitching matchups and everything. And he would pick, you know, one winner a day. And to his credit, unlike all these other bozos, uh, he was keeping track of his not only record, but his losses in that the money value. And as I told you, you know, if you play hockey or, or MLB, I don't care what your record is. You have to give me what the money value is, because if you go two and two, you know, theoretically, you broke even, but not if those two losses are two to one favorites. They, you know, two and two is not breaking even. So anyone that doesn't give you the money value on hockey or uh, baseball plays is, is being a fraud, a, a pretty easy fraud. So anyway, this guy, you know, was putting the, the, the lines out. And he started up betting against the Baltimore Orioles. I think after, I think from memory, sir, about eight or nine losses into the streak. He did the classic, 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 classic gambling mistake. I'm just going to double down. Eventually, they're going to win. I mean, they have to win one of these games, right? I mean, they just have to. So, you know, game number 10, we'll say, Orioles lose. Okay, minus 100. Now, he's betting them on the underdog, so he's not losing the big and everything. But that's okay, you know. Game number 11, I'll put another 100 on the Orioles. Lose. All right, now I'm down 200. All right, I got to put 200 on the Orioles. Lose. All right, now I got to put 400 on the Orioles. Lose. All right, now I got to put 800 on the Orioles. Lose. And this was going on and on and on until he eventually stopped doing it. I think he quit after about 16 or 17 losses. And he, and he just, and I remember, I was like laughing. Even I was a kid back then, I was just like, what a, what a, what a phony, right? He said, well, you just keep playing until eventually they win. I'm like, yeah, okay. And he wiped all those losses off his tally. What a joke. Um, so I, I, I remember that to this day. He was 1988, I think. 88 or 86. Um, but I remember that, that he, he kept on just trying to double down the classic, absolute classic, talk about chasing money, gambling mistake. And uh, finally, after, like I said, about 16 or 17 losses, he just said, well, we're going to stop and you just we're going to wipe the slate clean and we'll go from here. Yeah. OK. You know, all the other people that are sitting there with uh, minus five thousand or six thousand or seven thousand dollars, whatever it ended up being, they're not uh, having their local uh, Louis the lip wipe that clean. I'll tell you that. So anyway, 21 losses for the Orioles. So Philadelphia, 23. If you go back to the Louisville Colonials, 
Back in 1889, they actually lost 26 in a row in baseball. They finished that year 27 and 111. So that's the Major League Baseball record if you want to count Louisville. Why not? Um, NFL. Chicago Cardinals lost 29 in a row back in 1942 through the 45 season. Obviously, it's going to go over more than one year. Uh, in more modern times, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the uh, their inaugural seasons, 1976 and 77, lost 26 in a row, which which prompted the to me still the greatest line of all time from a head coach uh, when uh, John McKay was asked about his club's execution. What do you think? You know about the club's execution, and he said, "I'm all for it." <laughs> uh, classic one-liner, classic. All right, we'll, go, we'll look at some of the other sports, all-time losing streaks. That's next. I'm the Fix, Sports Good Radio, Series 6, 7, 2, 4. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. All right, 40 minutes past the hour. Yours truly sitting into the top of the hour as we uh, check out some of the all-time losing streaks in sports history. Scott Wetzel uh, sitting in. Mention the NBA, all right, 28 Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Combining the uh, 14-15 end of the season to the start of the 15-16 season, they lost 28 in a row. Uh, the Louisville Colonials back in 1889 lost 26 in a row in Major League Baseball. More modern-day uh, stuff, 23 in a row from the Philadelphia Phillies back in uh, 1961. NHL, you know, in honor, if you will, of the uh, Buffalo Sabres. The Pittsburgh Penguins had lost 18 straight, including one overtime game in 2004 when they were tanking for Sidney Crosby. That almost doesn't count. I mean, when, when you're actually trying to lose, as they were, um, that that's almost not a mark of futility, just a mark of smartness. Because uh, getting Sidney Crosby, I think, was well worth the 18 losses in a row, uh, the embarrassment that they suffered. But the Buffaloes won away from that. Football, you got uh, 29 with the Chicago uh, Chicago Cardinals uh, back in the uh, 42, 43, 44, and 45 seasons. More modern day, uh, you got Tampa Bay to start the, their existence, actually. Their first two seasons, they lost 26 in a row. So uh, those are the NFL. CFL, 25 games. The Ottawa Senators slash Rough Riders from 1928 to 1933. MLS soccer, this is a little surprising. 12 is uh, the number. The New York, New Jersey Metro Stars. Uh, I forget the year with that one. I didn't write that down, but they lost 12 in a row, which doesn't really seem that much, you know, compared to some of these others, right? Uh, but 12. Football, college football, Northwestern. I remember that, 1979 through 82, 34 straight games. Uh, FCS football. 80 games. Wow. Prairie View A&M, the Panthers, between 1989 and 1998. Yeah. I forget who they finally beat, but 80 straight. Could you imagine going nearly a full decade without winning one game? I mean, you would have thought somewhere along the line, right? I mean, in all seriousness, if you're Prairie View's athletic director, 
this is an embarrassment, right? I mean, we're not a football power. We're not Nebraska. We're not Notre Dame. We're, you know, we're not Alabama. But you also don't have to be a complete patsy. You're telling me somewhere along the line, you know, in 1989, when you go 0 and 10, 0 and 9, whatever it is, okay. Then in 1991, you know, you go 0 and 10 again. You're like, mm, okay, this kind of sucks, but all right. You know, then the following year, you're going 0 and 8 again. And the following year, you're going 0 8 again. And now you're four years into this run. And then you go 0 and 8 again the following year. Now you're five years in. You know, it's 1994, or so 95. You're telling me that AD didn't say, you know, this really sucks. You know, why don't we go up to Pika High and just schedule a game against, uh, you know, a Division Five team? Why, why don't we bring a high school team in here? Let, let, let's, it, there's got to be somebody lower than us, whether it's Division Three, Division Four, Division Five. Get the old timers in here. Get the, the sisters of the poor in here. You know, get a high school team. There had to have been somebody that this AD should have said, you know, let's just break this losing streak. Maybe we can't beat an FCS team, but let, let's bring in, realistically, a Division Three team, and let's see if we can beat them. All right, let, let's find out the worst of the worst. What is the lowest level of football in college that we can bring in here? And, and let's win a game to break this streak. And they didn't do that even. Man, they went from, eight, uh, from 1989 to 1998, 10 years without winning a game. That is amazing. That is just amazing. Uh, college basketball, 41 games. Towson Tigers, 2011-2012. I don't remember that one. Uh, that's Division One, obviously. Towson, um, 41 straight. That would stink. Baseball, back to baseball for a second. Postseason, this one's still in progress. Uh, the Minnesota Twinkies, 18 straight postseason losses. That really is amazing. I mean, when, when you start talking about futility, you know, 99 times out of 100, it's because your team sucks, right? I mean, that, that's why you lose it. But in the case of the Twinkies, they're actually good. I mean, they're in the postseason. You know, say what you want about their division and this and that and competing against the Stanks and other teams, but, you know, you're not getting into the postseason without being good so that's stretching out, what, six years, five, six years of being good and still losing. That would probably, you know, out of all the ones, that would might take the cake. You know, Pittsburgh, the Penguins, they're, they're losing on purpose because they wanted Crosby. 76ers, you know, that was spread out over two years. So, you know, I'm not going to count that even though it's, you know, two years of losing. Uh, you know, NFL, Tampa Bay, they were just starting out. You, you can't blame the Buccaneers. And in the Chicago Cardinals back in the 40s, who cares about that? Um, so I'm going to excuse Tampa Bay just because they were an expansion team. MLS, that's only 12. No big deal. Northwestern football, 34. You know, that's a lot, but they're playing in the Big Ten. You know, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, Northwestern football has been great. Uh, they have of late, obviously, picked things up. But, you know, it's still going against Michigan and all the others all those years. Like, I, I could see a couple of years of not winning. Uh, Prairie View, I, I must say 80. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good one. Uh, that, that's a, We're going to put that one to the side. Uh, Towson men's basketball, 41. Eh, that's, that's, that's one and a half seasons. They suck. All right, so it was one bad group of kids. I, I could see that. 
the Twins' 18 straight postseason losses. That that really it's it's a tie. Minnesota with 18 straight postseason losses because again you have to be good. So with all the others, those teams all just stink. It's just a matter of how bad you stink. The Twins have the dubious honor of stinking despite being actually good. So it's either that one or the 80-in-a-row Prairie View A&M Panthers. Boy, you go a decade without winning a game. That's that's tough. And we got one more, uh, Anthony Young. Remember him, the New York Mets pitcher, lost 27 straight from 1992 to 1993. Only 14-in-a-row as a starter, though. 13 as a reliever. And then I remember the dopey Chicago Cubs actually traded for him. One of of the all-time dumbest moves in in baseball history. You actually traded for a guy who had lost 27 in a row. (laughs) Because I remember he was losing. I don't know what it is about the Mets. There's something about that dopey organization that when people lose, they don't get credit for being losers. Uh, you know, Jacob DeGrom can't win a big game in his life, uh, but he loses every game 3-2, to 2-1, two, two to Scott. Oh, he doesn't get in the offense. Yeah, my ass. You know, Anthony Young, I remember that year, uh, th- those years, the two years. Um, you know, he was losing some close games, 4-2, to 5-3. to same, same as Jacob DeGrom. Wasn't getting any run support. He really is not that bad. Just bad luck. And the Cubs actually traded for him under that premise, and and he stunk with the Chicago Cubs. So I don't know what it is about Mets pitchers, but they have this Teflon Don thing about uh, I could stink, but uh, you know what? I cannot win any games, but somehow or another I have an excuse uh, because our team isn't any good and we don't score runs. So I I would think, yeah, that 80, uh, those 80 games, you you go a decade without winning. That's even going to trump the Minnesota Twinkies. Yeah, it will. You know, the Twins had the unfortunate task of running into the Stankies every single year, basically. I I think all but one, maybe two uh, of those 18 straight all came against the Stanks. And so, you know, and the Stanks are a machine with the steroids and everything. So um, I'm almost going to give them a pass. I think the 80 in a row, Prairie View A&M, college football, 80 straight games, Nearly a decade, 10 years without winning a game. Yeah, that's that's that that's tough. When's it gonna stop for Buffalo? Yes, the Sabres. Well, you look at their schedule. Now they're in the division there, the Atlantic East, whatever they call themselves these days, with Boston and Pittsburgh and Washington and the Rangers and the Flyers. There's not too many gimmies. And they've almost used up their allotment of games against the Devils. They only have two more games against the Devils left. They got about 20 games remaining. Are they going to lose them all? Probably not, but, you know. And, and listen, they, they showed that they can hang a little bit with, with Boston yesterday. Uh, there, there's going to be one game where, you know, they're going to face a team that's not going to take them, you know, seriously, and they're going to screw up. I don't, I don't doubt that. But they got two against Philadelphia at home. Now, I would say yes right there, but that Flyers team is on the outside looking in. They're not playing great hockey, but that, that just is kind of reinforcing – I think Buffalo's got a better chance of winning if they take on a better team that just doesn't take them seriously, like Boston yesterday, versus a team like Philadelphia that needs every point possible. And they got to look at these two Buffalo games coming up uh, Monday and and Wednesday as four points. We we, got to get four points. We have to. So I I wouldn't say those two. Then they have two against the Rangers. You might be able to squeak one out maybe against the Rangers. Then you have two against the Devils. 
And that that's obviously, you know, last two times they faced the Devils, uh, while they lost, they were close games. So though you got six games, I don't think they'll beat Philadelphia. They might be able to beat one little New York State rivalry with the Rangers and then two against the Devils. So they got four games coming up here in the next week that they might be able to squeak one out. If it doesn't happen then, then they're in trouble. Then now it's all big boys after that. Washington, Boston, Washington again, Pittsburgh, Boston a couple of times, Rangers, Boston again. Islanders who are playing great. Pittsburgh again. Um, you know, the, 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 there's not, you know, again, outside of a team just taking them so lightly that they screw up, which is a possibility. But, you know, they, they have four games, four against the Rangers, four or, uh, two against the Rangers, and two against the Devils uh, between now and the following Thursday, April 8th. If they don't get a win there, they're sitting there with – that would be 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. That'd be 23 straight losses. And then all you have are playoff teams on your schedule. Good gravy. You know, could, could they actually go? What do they got? 20 more games? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. They got 22 games left. They're not going to lose all those. Uh, there's no way. Uh, you know. Somehow or another, they're an NBC game of the week, Saturday the 17th against Pittsburgh. So they're, they're not going to lose all those. No way. But, you know, we have a lot of pools on my podcast. That actually could be a good one. When's the next time Buffalo wins a game? Uh, that would be a pretty good uh, – got to start doing some pools here on on, uh, on our morning show here. We'll, we'll do that, you know, once I kind of recover from my, my cold I've been dealing with here. Uh, once we kind of get into it a little bit more and the basketball stuff ends. But where where does Buffalo win its next game? I'm going to say they're going to get one out of the two against New Jersey. Uh, one of those two. Um, I don't think they'll beat Philadelphia. I don't think they'll beat the Rangers. But maybe at New Jersey, tickets as low as $34. Who is spending even $34 to go to the Meadowlands to watch New Jersey Devils Buffalo Sabres hockey? Good gravy. You got to listen, uh, Zig Fricasi and Cam Stewart wouldn't even buy those tickets. Are you kidding me? Oh, man. You talk about just desperate for entertainment. Uh, Newark, that's right. They're in Newark now. No longer the Meadowlands. Good call, Chris. That's what's happening with them. They're so bad you don't even know where they play. All right, we'll close up shop next with a couple little tidbits, including our Dolphins. What are they doing? Good gravy. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, let us wrap up shop. By the way, I did, uh, you know, that, that music. Ever hear that music, I always think of Eight Men Out uh, because that was the music that they was played uh, for the closing scene, I think. Uh, I, I finished reading the book on, on that. 
Um, and one day we'll, we'll spend some time discussing that with baseball starting here and, and the fixing of the Chicago White Sox and, and uh, all the things that went down. It's really it's a fascinating story. There are many questions that I had about that, like why um, yeah, going to the show. Yeah, I think in the, in the closing theme, too, as well, Chris. Um, but there were always so many questions that, that people don't realize um, that, uh, you know, they actually played the following year. Uh, over a cloud of of you know angst, but they did play. You know they didn't get suspended um, that season. You know the the movie makes it seem like the movie does a real good job. Like you, when you read the book, you're always supposed to read the book first, then see the movie. But who did that with this one? Um, you know the the movie does really kind of dictate everything that's in the book. Uh, but the one thing that it was a little misleading is they make it seem like the those guys got kicked out of baseball after the World Series, whereas that is not the case. They actually played a full year, uh, and there was like a lot of gambling going on and, di- and different things uh, that answered a lot of questions as to uh, you know what what was really going on. So uh, it's it's actually a pretty good book. But anyway, uh, our poll question is so we're gonna, we'll get into that. There are a lot of little nuances like how did this happen and why did that happen and. Um, when you read the book, it's a little confusing with all the gamblers uh, that are involved. They, they do make it simplistic uh, with, with the movie. They simplify it for sure. Uh, who would you rather have? Uh, our poll question today, which we didn't really promote too much. My bad. Third overall pick in the NFL draft, two of tags, Deshaun Watson or other. And uh, Deshaun Watson and third overall pick in a draft, uh, Miami Dolphins, uh, you have neither. Uh, winning the vote at 43%. Two of tags, only 8% and other 5.5%. So what are the Dolphins doing? You know what? Uh, any kind of luck, we'll, we'll bring that up tomorrow. and We'll discuss that because I just, they, they basically had the pick of the litter and they pissed it away and got basically just garbage for it. So enjoy your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here. Opposite Picks.